there, and welcome to a very special episode of Bookum Dano, an old Hawaii Five-O podcast. I am your ecstatic host, Kristen Hawes, aka Kiki Writes. If you will remember all the way back in season two, I said that if I ever got a hold of the quote lost episode of Hawaii Five-O, Board She Hung Herself, I would do a special mini-sode covering that episode. Well, good news, my friends, because I have indeed gained access to a bootleg copy of Season 2, Episode 16, Bored She Hung Herself. And since it is a bootleg copy, I'm going to keep mum on where it is and how I came across it, who directed my attention to it, just to be on the safe side, because we want it to be up for as long as possible. And I will also be completely upfront. The quality of the bootleg is not that great, so there will be no sound clips because it seems that the video's been speeded up a little bit, so everybody kind of sounds funny. It's not like Benny Hill speeded up, but you can tell that it's been speeded up a little bit, so everybody kind of sounds odd. Since it is a very special episode, I will be spoiling it, and I will put timestamps for the spoilers in the description, so be sure to read that if you'd like to avoid spoilers. So without further ado, let's take a very special trip to Hawaii. Season 2, Episode 16, Board She Hung Herself, air date January 7th, 1970, directed by John Newland. This is his first of two episodes, and written by Mel Goldberg. This is his sixth of 12 episodes. Psychiatrist Warren Parker goes to the beach in an attempt to talk his daughter Wanda into leaving her no-account boyfriend Don Mills. Wanda doesn't want to hear it, and her father ends up leaving in a huff. Wanda goes into the little beach shack to find Don hanging out. Literally. He's mastered the art of hanging himself without dying, something he's been trying to teach Wanda. Wanda is agitated from her father's visit, and the pills she pops doesn't help. She warns Don not to start chanting, but when he does, she loses her shit, yelling at him, getting in his face, and slapping him several times. Don smacks her back, knocking her down. Upset, he leaves. Sometime later, the neighbor boy stops in for a visit and finds Wanda hanging out. Literally. But unlike Don, she's dead. Steve arrives on the scene. Lieutenant Grayson of HPD says that it has all the makings of a suicide, Right after Wanda's body is taken to the morgue, Dr. Parker shows up. He and Steve are old friends, and Steve confirms for him the worst, that Wanda is dead. Dr. Parker can't believe that Wanda would commit suicide, and he's convinced that Dawn had something to do with her death. Even if she did commit suicide, Dawn had been poisoning her mind with his pseudo-spiritual garbage and teaching her to hang herself like he did. As far as Dad's concerned, Dawn is responsible. Kono finds Don meditating on the beach and arrests him. Back at 5 it's revealed that he resisted. At first, Don says nothing, but when Steve instructs Kono to book him, he asks why. Steve informs him of Wanda's death, and Don says he heard it on the news that morning. Steve tells him that Dr. Parker is certain that he has something to do with Wanda's death, and Don agrees that he's responsible. He says that the two of them argued, and he left her all wound up. He'd been trying to teach her the hanging trick, but she just wasn't ready. She killed herself because he wasn't there to stop her. Steve has him booked for resisting arrest, a way to keep him on ice until Wanda's autopsy is finished. 
Danny and Chen Ho talk to Don and Wanda's neighbors, Charles and Paula Weatherly. Paula is not a big fan, and she eagerly spills all of the gossip she has. Charles is a little more tolerant of his hippie neighbors, but admits that he felt they might be a bad influence on their 13-year-old son, Hank. Danny asks to speak with Hank, and Paula agrees, but asks that they be gentle since he was the first one to discover Wanda's body. Hank doesn't seem to be too upset about it, though, and has no trouble spitting a slang version of the events. He said that Don and Wanda argued a lot because Don was organic and Wanda would pop any pill you put in her hand. They'd get loud, but Hank says that any time Don thought he'd lose his temper, he'd start chanting. Hank said he talked to Don on the beach the morning of the murder and then admitted to seeing him for just a second as he sped towards town about nine that night. Steve pesters the doc for the autopsy findings and the doc finally gives him something. Wanda was strangled to death before she was hung and she might have been sexually assaulted. He also says that he found hairs or fabric under her fingernails and he sent it off to Chaifong to be tested. He estimates time of death between 6 and 8 and no, Steve, he can't get it any more precise than that. In jail, Steve informs Don that Wanda was murdered, something that Don can't fathom. He maintains that he didn't kill her, saying that they argued after her dad visited and he left, saying with friends. Dano points out the hole in his story. They know he came back around 9. Reluctantly, he admits to lying, saying that he came back to the shack around 8.30 or 9 after spending the evening with his friend, Wilson Boswell. Boswell corroborates Don's story, saying that he showed up to his house around 5 or 5.30. He also says that he left around 8, and it's a 30-minute ride back to his shack. On the way back to 5.0, Steve calls Dano and tells him to release Don. Don's release doesn't fly well with Dr. Parker. He tells Steve that Don needs to be punished, and if Steve doesn't do it, he will. So if you are unaware, Before She Hung Herself is considered the lost episode of Hawaii Five-O because it was pulled from any airings after its initial airing. So it only aired once. And that is because someone who watched the episode attempted to recreate the hanging trick and did not succeed. And according to lore, it was decided, I think due to the litigation, that the episode would never see the light of day again. So it's never been rerun. It's never been included in syndication packages. It is not included on the DVDs. It is not included in the streaming packages. It does not exist except for very rare 16 millimeter bootleg copies. And that's what I was able to watch. Now, here's my controversial take on this controversial episode. I think that if it was not the quote lost episode that had been pulled from syndication and reruns and any DVD packages, that it actually probably wouldn't be that remarkable. It's a pretty average episode of 5 the only reason Five O is actually involved in the case is because Steve's friends with Dr. Parker. And Dr. Parker has worked with Five O and HPD on cases prior to this. So it's kind of like it's owed to him to investigate the death of his daughter. And while the hanging aspect is an interesting angle, and later we'll see the dad doing something a little unexpected after he gives his threat to Steve about punishing Dawn. But for the most part, yeah, it's pretty average. It's it's an okay episode. It's kind of interesting how the circumstances surrounding the episode made it out to be something bigger than what it actually is. I think had it not been taken out of syndication, I really don't think we'd be talking about it that much. There are other episodes that are much better, I think, and much more popular. So really, it's just the notoriety that gets you here. 
So the episode starts out with Wanda frolicking on the beach and her dad arrives and attempts to have a conversation with her about leaving Dawn and Wanda is not having it. And she makes a point of telling her dad, I'm not one of your patients. And that kind of seems to piss him off. And he ends up leaving in a bit of a huff. And she storms into the shack where Dawn is literally hanging out. And it's kind of an interesting setup for the scene because she just walks into the shack and there he is hanging. And she's just completely accepting of that. It catches you a little off guard. And you watch as Don removes himself from this hanging position. And it's literally him. He's like, he has to grab the rope from behind him, pull himself up, swing himself up. So he's pulled up upside down so he can slip the noose off of his neck and then he drops to the floor. It's involved. Then they have a bit of a conversation about daddy visiting. And Wanda's very agitated. And she ends up popping some pills. And she goes and lays in the hammock. And she warns Don. She tells Don, don't you dare start chanting. And of course he does because that's his aesthetic. And it sets her off. She snaps. She jumps out of that hammock. She rushes over to him. She gets in his face and yells at him about chanting and just loses her mind on him to the point that she slaps him. And it's not one of those quick one single slaps. She slaps him like four or five times on the face. Just bam, 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 bam. And he smacks her back and knocks her down. Now, as a spiritual practicing man, he seems to be Buddhist. This obviously upsets him because he's acted out in violence. So he bails. Personally, I would have bailed anyway because it's clear that Wanda doesn't seem to be very stable and the drugs are probably not helping her mental state in any way. And then we see later some time has passed and the neighbor boy Hank shows up to visit Wanda and Dawn and finds Wanda hanging out, literally. But Wanda is dead. So like I said, the only reason Five O is investigating this case is because Steve is friends with Dr. Parker. And it looks like a pretty clear-cut case of suicide. They find the drugs in the house. Wanda's hanging. It's just kind of a sad tragedy because here's her father who's a psychiatrist and couldn't help her. But they decide to investigate further just to be certain. Particularly after Steve talks to Dr. Parker and Dr. Parker is convinced that Don had something to do with this. That's from the get-go. He doesn't seem to be like very emotional finding out that his daughter is dead. But he has no problem summoning the anger to point the finger at Don. And so obviously 5-0 investigates into Don. And it's an interesting scene in the office because we find out first that Don resisted arrest. So he does have a bit of a temper that he does kind of struggle with. And then Don freely admitting that, yeah, he is responsible for Wanda's death because he was trying to teach her the hanging trick and she hadn't mastered it yet. And that she was wound up when he left after they argued. And she, he shouldn't have laughed because if he, him leaving led to her killing herself, he's convinced that she committed suicide. And of course, later we find out through the autopsy that no, she was strangled prior to being hung and possibly sexually assaulted. So again, it looks like, yes, that could have been Dawn. The doc does give Steve an estimated time of death between six and eight, which he can't narrow down and also found the fibers under Wanda's fingernails. And he says that he couldn't tell if it was human hair or fabric. And we later find out that it's cashmere. So there you go. The interesting thing is, is that they go and tell Don about this. And Don maintains that he didn't kill her, but he does admit to lying that, yes, he did come back to the beach house between 830 and 9 and found Wanda dead and freaked out, which is understandable. I guess if you're Don, because if you're Hank and you're 13 years old and you find your neighbor hanging, 
in her bikini, it doesn't seem to affect you as much because when Dano and Chinho go over to talk to the Weatherleys about their neighbors, and Paula Weatherly is kind of a bitch, has no problems talking shit about her neighbors, feeding them all the dirty laundry, and you have Charles Weatherly who kind of defends them. He's a little more tolerant of them, and their concern was just that they might be a bad influence on Hank, which Paula Weatherly is like, they were afraid that they were going to turn their son into a dope fiend. She literally says that. But they bring Hank in to talk to him. And this 13-year-old boy is like, he is turned on. He knows all of the slang and he is slinging it. And he was giving his account. And he was saying how he rapped on the beach with Don that morning. And they talked politics. And they talked about Wilson Boswell. And then admits later, after the murder at 9 o'clock that night, when he was riding his bike home from a neighbor, another neighbor's house, he saw Don leaving, heading towards town on his motorbike. So when confronted with that information while in jail, Don admits that was true. And his alibi for between 5-ish and 8.30-ish is Wilson Boswell, who Paula Weatherly calls some crazy writer or something like that. I can't exactly remember what she says, but she doesn't have a very high opinion of him either. I don't think she has a high opinion of anybody, to be perfectly honest. Steve goes to talk to Boswell, who maintains Don's story. And he does it in such a poetic way because he is explaining that Don came over between 5 and 5.30 and that he left at 8 o'clock. And the reason why he knows what time Don left is because he had taken this man into his home, fed him, invited guests over to entertain him. And while Boswell was in the bath getting ready for their guests, he heard Don leave and heard the motorbike drive away. So he felt it was very rude that Don would leave a half an hour before the guests got there. So the guests were scheduled to come at 8.30. Don left at 8. And it's about a 30-minute bike ride back to his shack, which corroborates what Don told them. So the interesting thing is that Steve puts in a call to Daniel and says, release Don. His alibi checks out enough that Steve is going to need more to hold him on. And that is the crux of his argument when Dr. Parker comes in and throws his little hissy that Don's been released because, again, he is absolutely convinced that Don had something to do with his daughter's death. And Steve says maybe he did, but he needs evidence and says to him at some point, the laws have changed so that the courts and juries rely more heavily now on hard evidence over eyewitness testimony and confessions. And this is not good enough for Dr. Parker. And basically, he says, if you don't punish Don, I will. And he leaves. At this point, we've been conditioned that when someone says that, they, they're threatening violence. And the interesting thing is, is that that's not what happened. Dr. Parker went over to the shack. And the other interesting thing is, too, is because Don is a practicing Buddhist who's achieved some sort of enlightenment enough to be able to hang himself. Dr. Parker enters into his shack while he's chanting. And when Dr. Parker finally gets his attention, Don doesn't react harshly. He doesn't throw him out. He explains that he wanted to come and offer his condolences, but he just couldn't make himself do it. It's just an interesting way to play out that you see the Buddhism in practice, I guess, in that he welcomes this man who he knows hates him and knows thinks that he had something to do with Wanda's death, welcomes him into his little shack. But Dr. Parker, instead of punishing him in the sense of what we expect, which is him to kill him, he turns on his psychiatrist charm and talks to Don and lulls him into discussing Wanda's last day. 
And he secretly records Don while he does this and kind of guides him through a confession. At no point during this confession does Don ever say, yes, I killed her. All he admits to is that they argued, he left, and he can't remember what happened. Dr. Parker very helpfully fills in those gaps. He leads him through this confession. It's a guided confession. And he takes that tape to Steve, who listens to it and goes, you have got to be kidding me. He goes, this won't hold up in court. It doesn't hold up now. He knows it for the garbage that it is. And it is. It's garbage. It's like the weakest confession because he never at any point says he kills Wanda. He does say that he's sorry, but he never says he killed her. And it sounds almost like Dr. Parker is gaslighting him, hypnotizing him almost, into believing that he actually did commit this crime. And Steve again reiterates the necessity of evidence and hard evidence, physical evidence. I do believe their friendship ends because Steve walks him through that confession and points out the problems with this confession. And Dr. Parker will not let go and threatens him and says, I will take this confession to someone who will do something about it and I will ruin your career. I will throw you out of your job. And Steve is a man of two minds at this point because on the one hand, he's like, bring it. And on the other hand, he's clearly upset that his friend is so stricken with grief that he would go to such lengths, that he's so deluded that he cannot think anything else. My thought on that, up until I got to a certain point, I was looking at this like almost half convinced that daddy murdered Wanda in a rage, that she came, that he came back after Don left and killed Wanda because they got into it. I would absolutely believe that. But thankfully, Steve ends up following the evidence. The results come back on those fibers that turn out to be cashmere. And who do we know who wears cashmere? Well, you'll find out if you keep listening. But if you don't want to know just yet, the spoilers start right now. So our cashmere sweater wearer happens to be Charles Weatherly. And when you watch the episode in retrospect of knowing how this all comes together, you can see kind of his guilt early on because it mirrors his behavior when Steve and Danny go to talk to him after the fiber evidence comes in. Because as I said, he's rather tolerant of Don and Wanda. And goes on to say that just because their beliefs aren't like our beliefs doesn't make them bad people. People are just different. He seems to be working pretty hard to kind of defend Dawn. While his wife is perfectly content with thinking that Dawn killed Wanda, Charles is hesitant to say that. And he seems to be a little flop sweaty about it. And in retrospect, when you come to the conclusion of the episode, you realize it's because he does feel guilt over what he's done, but he feels guilt also in the fact that an innocent man might go to jail. He hung Wanda to cover up his crime, but also to make it look like a suicide so nobody got in trouble, and it kind of backfired when they were looking at Dawn. But true to his words, Steve used the evidence, and they investigated Charles Weatherly. And found out that no, he didn't work that late that night. There's a security guard at his building. When the building closes at 6, you have to sign in and out. And the security guard is right there. There's some discrepancies about his story on whether or not he picked up his son. And where his son was and where he was. And it's one of those things where when you're not looking directly at him as a suspect, you don't think to press the story that much. It sounds perfectly fine. 
But when you give that story a little squeeze, you start to see the cracks. And 5.0 gave the story a squeeze and started to see all of the cracks and investigated the cracks and broke the case wide open and presented Weatherly with the discrepancies of his story with the fiber evidence and said, yeah, we know that you did this. And Weatherly, because he is clearly not a seasoned criminal, though he is apparently a seasoned sex pest, because when he admits to killing Wanda, he basically shifts the blame to her. It's all her fault, running around half naked, enticing me, coming over when she knew that my wife wasn't home to ask me to fix things over at her place when Dawn wasn't there. Basically saying that she was coming on to him, and when he finally responded in kind, she rejected him and he lost his shit and killed her. And at some point during his confession, he says that Wanda wasn't the only pretty girl that came on to him and wasn't the only pretty girl that he had. So the implication here is that either he's a serial sex pest or he is a serial cheater. Now, given his wife is a raging bitch, I kind of don't blame him on that. But on the other hand, just get a divorce. When he finally gets through his confession and breaks down and sobs over what he's done, you really don't feel badly for it because he brought it all on himself. It's just another classic tale of a man who believes that every woman wants him. Every woman's flirting with him and then can't take rejection. And then Steve gets to have his final moment when he comes to Dawn's shack and finds Dr. Parker there. I wonder what he was there for. And gets to inform both men that they caught the killer and makes sure to point out to Dr. Parker that the killer was caught through evidence. They followed the evidence. They investigated that lead, and it led to breaking the case. So take that, Head Shrinker. But you know who doesn't need to be told I told you so? This guest cast. Let's take a closer look at them. Dr. Warren Parker was played by William Smithers. He was Jeremy Wendell on Dallas. Anderson Galt on Executive Suite. David Schuster on Peyton Place, and a committee member on The Witness. He also appeared in episodes of Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea, The Invaders, Mission Impossible, Mannix, Star Trek, The FBI, Mod Squad, Ironside, The Rookies, The Six Million Dollar Man, Cannon, Streets of San Francisco, Sledgehammer, Hunter, and Walker, Texas Ranger. He appeared in the movies Death Sport, Papillon, and Scorpio, and he appeared in the TV movies Call to Danger, Brotherhood of the Bell, Neon Ceiling, Where the Ladies Go, and The Return of Frank Cannon. Don Miles was played by Don Quine. He was Stacy Granger on The Virginian and Joe Chernak on Peyton Place, along with William Smithers. He also turned up in episodes of Rawhide, The Fugitive, Lancer, and Medical Center, and he appeared in the TV movies Sullivan's Empire and Torch Song. Charles Weatherly was played by Eugene McDonough. This is his only credit. Wanda Parker was played by Pamela Murphy. She was Marie on Dallas and Frankie Martin on Our Private World. She also turned up in episodes of The Virginian, Medical Center, All in the Family, Barnaby Jones, Little House on the Prairie, and Silver Spoons. And she appeared in the movie Zigzag. Paula Weatherly was played by Patricia Herman. We'll see her in 11 more episodes. She also appeared in episodes of The Brian Keith Show, Big Hawaii, and Magnum P.I. 
Doc was played by Ted Thorpe. This is his second of five episodes. We had previously seen him in Leopard on the Rock. Hank Weatherly was played by Joe Berliner. He had one more uncredited episode. And Lieutenant Grayson was, of course, played by Herman Wedemeyer. And at that point, we wouldn't see him again until season four. Our director for this episode was John Newland. He directed two episodes of Hawaii Five-0. I covered his credits when he directed his second episode, which was the later second season episode, Nightmare Road. And that is Bored She Hung Herself. Like I said, this is a pretty average episode of Hawaii Five-0. It has some interesting twist elements in it. You don't expect Don to take as much responsibility as he does for Wanda's death, and you don't expect the doctor to not be violent with Don. You don't expect him to use psychiatrist approach into coercing a confession. And obviously the ending is not what you expect. So even though maybe it doesn't quite live up to the notoriety surrounding the episode, it is pretty decent. And if you can find it, you should give it a watch. And that is our very special episode of Bookum Dano. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so glad that I finally got to be able to do this episode and finally got to be able to watch this episode. It's a real treat for me. And hopefully it was a treat for you. Once again, sorry for the background noise. Things got unexpectedly loud. I thought I was going to skate this time. No such luck. As always, thank you for listening. I appreciate your ears. If you'd like to find me online, you can do that by going to akakikiwrites.com. It is the home of Bookum Dano. You can also find me at my blog, kikiwritesabout.com. And if you want to find out how notorious I am in real time, you can do that by following me on Twitter at kikiwrites. So if you're going to hang out, hang out safely. Until next time, aloha.